Hey, you guys, how are you doing? How's your mother, brother, sister, cousin doing? How do, how have you been? So today, say today, today, we have none other than Nicholas George. Nicholas is my friend <laughs> in real life. Um, we went to Liberty together and he is just, when you have an experience with someone and you've known them for so long and you see the transformation of who they were and who they are now is just absolutely amazing. Nicholas started the listening 10 years ago, going on 10 years ago. And here he is, executive director, the new inaugural artist of residence at the Academy. And now he's also created his own coaching brand um, called Nicholas the Poet. I am so very proud of my friend, but more importantly, I am so honored that he made space for me because he's a busy man to be on my podcast today so i want you guys to lean in listen when i tell you he dropped gems baby (laughs) he dropped gems and um again i'm just so honored for him to be on my podcast today and i can't wait to see the next 10 years of what he has in store so without any further ado seat at the table with nicholas george This is a real account of entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and unsure. Social media would have you think you have a great thought, then boom, you blow up. It is the farthest thing from the normal backstory. Here we will air the real entrepreneur struggle from customer service, vendors, and the day-to-day business. Welcome to Business After Dark with Sharice Chambers. Hey, you guys. How you doing? How's your mother, brother, sister, cousin doing? I hope you're doing well. And today, say today, today we have none other than Nicholas George. Nicholas George is a philanthropist, might I say. He dabbles in all of the things, and I'm just greatly honored. He is our first guest who actually runs a nonprofit. Now, remember Mark. Mark um, also helps a nonprofit, but Nicholas is the brainchild of the listening, and he's moving into other spaces. So we're just going to talk about all the things today as himself. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing well. Good. I'm good. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to dive right on in. Let's say, first, introduce yourself to the people. What Describe yourself, who you are, what's your title, what do you want to be known as in 2022? You know, this is like typically people's least favorite part of any kind of interview. Really? To tell me about yourself. No, not. It, it Negative. Is. I mean, for me. I'm eager to tell people who I am. Wow. Okay, narcissist. <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. You messed up when you invited me on this game. Um, no, so my name is Nick George, uh, Nicholas Stephen George. I am originally from Newark, New Jersey. Bloodline belongs to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I am the first of four. Um, my wife and I have three beautiful brown babies here in Virginia. I am a poet. I am a reader and a writer spasmodic. I am... I'm me. I guess that's, yeah, that's I love that. Yes, you're all the things. You know, I've been saying at the beginning of the year and towards the end of the year, too, that I keep saying, I am you are not a monolith. I want people to have an understanding that people are multifaceted and we need to embrace those spaces because when you try to box someone in or always identify them in this one space, you don't allow them the space to grow in what they do, right? Like, you can't always be 
this one thing, one thing right? Yeah. When I first started my business, I thought I was just going to do taxes, like mm-hmm. legit, and work someone else's job. Now here I am doing bookkeeping, and here I am again, yet pivoting again. And you guys are going to hear more about that later. Mm-hmm. But um, it's because I embrace the change, the pivot, that it makes easier um, lanes for me to excel, mm-hmm. be better, take criticism, and, and grow for them spaces. So I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast today because I know you are in all the spaces and I'm really interested to see what the poet looks like. I think no one, people know him and have seen him. It's almost like seeing Bigfoot, right? Mm. We've seen him, but we ain't seen him, right? Mm. And I think it's time for that portion of you to break out, right? We know you as the executive director of The Listening and it's become your identity and very much like all titles we take, um, sometimes we get stuck with them. Yeah. And, and it boxes us in and you we are again, we are not a monolith. So I think that maybe be the theme of the the podcast this um episode. So what do you do particularly on the listening and what do you do particularly as the poet? So when it comes to the listening, it's been more of an evolution than anything blocked off in like neat categories because they blend and they do a little dance. Um, anybody who has done any kind of nonprofit work will tell you that you often have to wear multiple hats mm-hmm. sometimes at the same time. Um, I don't know <clears throat> that the um, path to becoming the executive director is professionally prescribed or traditional in any sense. It honestly just started as an idea mm-hmm. of something to do that would serve the community as well as um, the artists that participated participated in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that along the way, I realized that for this idea to grow and for it to have more of a pronounced impact, there needed to be a deep level of planning and projection and resource management that is a part of of nonprofit work that's it's kind of the unsexy side of nonprofit work because mm-hmm. philanthropy itself um, is needed in community work um, but stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make a program survive to make an organization exist um, and be showing up you know to be able to do the work it takes a lot so it's been more of an evolutionary um, phases. Mm-hmm. It's been in more evolutionary phases than just one specific, this is my hat that I'm wearing today. Okay. And as a poet, is that a reflection of what you do with the Academy? Like I said, y'all, look, Nick is being very humble right now. He does, again, so many things. He does, look, let me pull out New Jersey. I don't oh even know if this God. is really an accent, but he, he does so many things. Wow. He, the, the tools wow. and the, the rooms. <laughs> wow. I feel like I want to be offended. I don't know what to do with that. Look, is so that how I sound to you? Uh, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You know, Northerners have that. That wow. um, most definitely could tell you're not from Lynchburg, very much like myself. So, like, <laughs> let's be clear. Um, is what you do at the academy a part of the poet space of you, or is that even something even different than the poet? Here's the thing. Um, I don't think that I do anything in just one space. I think that I find myself in positions where I'm doing multiple things or um, getting different parts of myself filled. Um, I don't ever stop being a poet. I think there are spaces where um, my artistry needs to take on a different space. So I may not write write that down, Mm -hmm. but how I may interact with my students, for example, Mm -hmm. may be that. Um, The work that I'm doing with the Academy, I'm really, really grateful 
um, ever since the the rebuild and the new leadership and everything they've been trying to do over the past few years, um, it's been really inspiring and dazzling to see and to be invited into that story, I think, is, is something beautiful. You know, the academy, as with many institutions in the South, have their own journey with segregation and how they um, how they regarded their black patrons. And to be the inaugural artist in residence as a poet, so, you know, rep for the poets is a, is a humbling honor of mine. But um, it falls in lockstep, I believe, with what I do as a poet and the work that I've been able to do over the past, wow, 10 years, working with organizations and using my skills as a storyteller. Um, because that's kind of the line that connects all of it, whether as a poet or a commission artist or a workshop leader or a nonprofit leader storytelling is the line that connects it all that's crazy so is your purpose in life and how you find your corners in the world aligned with the creativity that you bring as a poet because that's crazy so you so if you guys aren't from lynchburg dunbar is academically accredited for poets and um, what they bring there and, you know, from their staff, the students and have had a lot of poets come through those doors um, and you teach there. You're part of a nonprofit of creatives. And now the artist at the academy, like those are all different spaces. But the underlining is all that it's creative. It's art. Like, how do you find those pockets and and find your alignment? Is it because you know who Nicholas is like do like I feel like now that we're older I, I feel like that that comes around to me like people all, when we were younger they're like what do you want to be when you grow up right mm -hmm. but now it's more like what is your purpose and you align mm -hmm. with those things instead of trying to fight or combat or fit in in a place like yes I can be in corporate America but is mm -hmm. that kind of constraint that I want around myself and you know having my own business um, creates the kind of space Base and um, allows the grace for me to flow in absence as I want to. And it's been a great space for me. I think there's, um, there's definitely an instinct to um, kind of what works for you, but it's also a lot of lessons learned along the way. Mm -hmm. I think you got to find yourself trying to put your square peg in the round hole and just like bang 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 and it doesn't work and it's not no matter how much you try not to like force that, the issue no that's the sound it makes it literally makes that sound in your head okay. your soul is yeah. screaming at you what are you doing yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. now what are you doing right and and you try to force the issue and you learn along the way that all right this this ain't working and at some point there's a crossroads where like the nerve of your youth with like the wisdom of your age kind of meet and you're like all right this is the direction i need to move in or you're lucky enough to have a community that is, you know, behind you. Like, uh, for a perfect example, with the Academy, um, me and Jeff, the current executive director of the Academy, had a sit down and we talked. Talked about my work with the listening, but also uh, my work with um, within the community as an artist. And as I don't want to call myself an activist because I don't really feel like an mm -hmm. activist, but being able to use my voice in different ways for a number of different reasons as an artist, I think gives me a certain vantage point. And uh, he's been um, really, really awesome and instrumental in seeing that this residency program is able to stick around beef after I leave and beyond, you know, my tenure. Right. Is tenure the right word? I think so, yeah. Let's rock with it. Yeah. Um, but beyond me to actually, like, serve the community in that way, 
would I have been able to do it if I wasn't a poet? I don't know. I probably would have been doing something, but I had the wisdom and a community filled with people mm, like Jeff right. to say, I see what you're doing. Right. We see what you're doing. Right. Let's find a way to make it work. Right. Say that bar again. You said your youth and your lane of wisdom. What? Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, that's going to be the snippet. I, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, that. that's the bar that we're going to use for marketing. When Michelin was on, she mm. also works at the academy. She said so many bar after bar after. I was like, baby, like she was heavy. I was mm. like, you better talk that talk. You talking nice. Wow. You talking real nice. It's and a, she was just, yes, nice yes. <laughs> I was like, what? Yes. So now, hold on a second. Let's go back to this bar, though. You said the the youthfulness, the... Well, when you're young, you got the nerve to do a whole lot of things. Right. You know, when the listening was younger and we were just trying to just exist and do our thing and cause trouble, we were like in the midst of a community of other young knuckleheads mm-hmm. trying to do their own thing mm-hmm. out here starting coffee houses and book houses and, oh, yeah, sure, and, and sure. festivals <laughs> and stuff and just going for it and all the coffees doing all the things and like having the nerve to say now nah, we gonna try it you know i think that's a um that's a symptom of youth to just like i got the nerve to try it like why not and i think at a certain point that has to like meet not necessarily clash but me with some wisdom that says, all right, have that nerve, but know how to navigate, know how to run this game. Right. right? Because with that youth, it eventually exhausts. Okay. It eventually this exhausts. is for sure, honey. I'm a whole, go be a whole three, nine, 39 <laughs> this year. And I'd be feeling it for mm, real. All in the knees. All in the knees. Okay. Mm. Why are you so passionate about what you do? How, and, and you know what? I just did an episode two weeks ago about, um, how do you stay motivated? And really the conversation was you you don't, right? <laughs> there, there actually is no... There, I really think we should take that word out of the vocabulary. There is no such thing as motivation. It is um, the consistency, your tenacity, your um, withdrawal, and, and ultimately you fall in love with the, the process of getting to the goal. And also once you get to the goal, being able to um, find success and... Um, completion once it gets there and then and rolling over to the next thing that needs to be done right Mm -hmm. so what why are you passionate about what you do what's been keeping you afloat these last seven seven years doing nine years nine years i'm sorry let me give you all your nines (laughs) all your nines nine years doing this and and even finding i mean because what the the school the freedom school started three years ago 2019 yeah three years ago at the beginning we did one summer pandemic happened couldn't do one summer did one last summer right Mm -hmm. so how did you become innovative to want to add that also as a programming in the listening like how do you continue to ever evolve and continue that momentum and the passion in it i'll say this um i'll say that when it comes to you know an organization and its vision um it's very rarely just one thing that's kind of what makes it a vision that it has to have a certain amount of foresight that extends beyond the here and now so if our vision if the listening's vision is to equip and see socially minded artists and individuals well we have to start asking some questions how do these artists become socially minded where do they get the information to to speak about social issues well they got to read it all right so then where do these people start reading these things when wait till they get to college 
No, our young people need to start reading, need to have the space to start asking these questions, need to have a community around them to not maybe answer the questions, but be on the journey as well. So it wasn't just, okay, I started it in 2013 and that's just going to be what it is until I'm inspired again. It's it's kind of a longer term thing and the passion for it, I'm not going to lie, the passion definitely has ebbs and flows as you meet the reality of it and it cannot thrive off of passion alone. Yeah. I don't care what nobody tells you. It cannot thrive off passion alone. It's not supposed to because when you have real people that you're dealing with and working with, you need more than passion. You got to have an actual plan. Right. You got to actually know what it is you're doing, what it is you're talking about. Right. So I think um, being able to go back and forth with learning and once again, nothing that the listening does is done by one person, mm. right? There's always been people around that see what's happening and join and lend what they can to the growth to the movement, to the um, forward motion of it. That momentum isn't self-sustainable. It needs to be fed. Right. And fortunately for the past nine years, that's that's what we've had. That's good. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit and go into the poet side of you that you are kind of navigating into. You've kind of given us an introduction of the poet. You start your Instagram. You don't post there. <laughs> I don't post. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm all, look, I do I do bookkeeping, y'all, but I still, like, I am a social media um, queen out here in these streets. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, I be, I be posting. So, wow. um, I mean, let's go. I can't do a it. A thing, a thing is a thing. I mean, if you hired a marketing manager, you can be but I gotta tell you though, um, as we're having this conversation about um, nonprofit work, as a person of color participating in this nonprofit world, it takes. Period. Like there's no like anecdote to the end of that sentence. It takes, and I'm learning how to establish some boundary lines. Okay. And I think a part of that is the social media sphere. Um, in that the work has to continue, but I have to be healthy to be in this work. I have to be mm-hmm. healthy to participate in this work. And sometimes that might mean not engaging with it. Right. You know, sometimes it means not really dancing the dance or picking when I dance the dance, right, right. picking how I choose to do it. I just posted earlier this week about one of my students telling me that, asking me if I'm pushing P. I have no clue what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means I either. I have no clue you, what that means. Still, you still don't know? To I just, still don't know. I he, tried, he, called, he said, what? Do he you said, put- hey, yo, Mr. Nick, are you pushing P? Or no, he said, you pushing P, right? I was like, bro, what? Don't you come around my face talking to myself. <laughs> yo, I got so What? Mad. <laughs> that makes me tight. I'm tight. I'm so, I got like, so We got to look that up. Look, we're millennials, y'all. So I'm like, what? The-? You know what? I'm, I am I continuously apologize to my parents whenever I came home and said something new that was slang that they were like, what? Mm-mm. Because that's how I feel when I talk to people Generation Z years. Well, your kids are what? They're not Gen Z's. They're what? I don't know what. They're weird is what they are. <laughs> no, I got six, seven, and eighth graders. And I love them all. But they right. threw me for a loop with that one. Um, Y'all, if I you comment comment in the notes underneath the podcast, if you know what pushing P. It sounds like Help either a sex act or a drug thing, and whichever way it turns, I was no. Maybe he meant positivity. Look, I sound like my grandma. Oh my when, gosh. When, my grandma put look this. I know y'all heard the story, but low key, my grandma did the same thing. So someone died. And oh. then she put LOL on the card, mm-hmm. and she thought it meant lots of love. I was like, Grandma, that means laugh out loud, wow. bruh. Laugh wow. out loud. She's like, no. She's like, I've been saying it the whole time. Oh, my god! I was like, no more shorthand for that's you. Just a, write all your words. That's, an, Use that's your quite words. an L to take. Words matter. Yeah, words matter. <laughs> so, 
what's been since if, uh, you kind of tapped on what's been the hardest thing creating boundaries and i think we all have been in that space in our lives in general right especially we're in the midst of the great resignation mm-hmm. and covid and i mean all the things are hard at this point but what has been the easiest thing about running the nonprofit, and what's been the easiest thing about moving into this new chapter and also conducting your space as the resident poet at the um academy i think um the easiest part with the listening has been really just being with the people mm-hmm. i think with, i mean that's common for all of it right. being with the people I think that's what flows most natural for me. Um, in my journey with uh, the listening, as I learned how to like write grants and complete mm-hmm. reports and maintain contacts and do donor reports and all of that stuff, I had to learn to do it because I wanted this thing to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so grateful that we are here and where we are right. and with the support that we do have from the community. Right. But the thing that has you know been the joy of it is connecting is being in the space with poets and artists and musicians and dancers and instrumentalists as you know they're in their pocket and in their element and we're just vibing like we're not we're not aware of any agenda we're not trying to keep up with an agenda we're Mm -hmm. just in the zone um and i think that continues with the uh the residency you know being a part of the legacy of the academy here in central virginia and you know connecting with the many acts that come across the stage however brief to be able to know that, you know, we, we at least have that kinship in, in common of right. artistry. Right. Um, the clients that I work with through, you know, different consulting or commission work that I do on my own, um, I think I like the digging. I like the digging and the paying attention to, to what story it is that they're trying to tell. You know, whether it's for a corporate entity that just wants to encourage its members there's a story there and I like digging for that. I like listening to that. I like finding the common thread that we're surprised, but is kind of obvious what makes us all human together. Right. I, I like I like dwelling in that element. What's something you wish you knew before you started the nonprofit? <laughs> Which is a business. Granted, it does it not make money. A, but it most business. definitely is a business. You guys, if you've ever so um, I've done bookkeeping for the listening. Um, and when Nick onboarded me and gave me their manual, baby, I was it, it is a booklet, and I was like, oh, this is what nonprofits do because <laughs> well, that that much is not known. Yeah. Um, and I really don't want to, you know, keep any secrets because it shouldn't be a secret, and mm-hmm. I also don't want to hold any any keys or anything like that. the The fact of the matter is that a lot of the work that's done when serving the community sounds so sexy right it sounds so good and it on paper that for sure itch. it serves mm-hmm. that itch so well and i read somewhere recently that in our country we have uh we're good at acute philanthropy but bad at chronic empathy mm, okay so we're good with the quick with tell the me here more and now. about that what does that mean like yeah. we'll, we'll pull you out of a fire you mm-hmm. know we'll pull you out of you know uh, a flood mm-hmm. but sustainable legislative change hold up nah i don't know about all that like like people who um i'm look i'm gonna start the pot let's 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 give a good example i got a good example when people <laughs> get upset about seeing children in cages but they support um they don't support um pro-life movements like mm-hmm. um you know abortion and people getting to choose right you you don't want people to be on welfare or be able to um take advantage of 
the system but you know in the moment you see those children in those cages and you're like oh my gosh the outrage but yeah you want to respond you want to mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. like it's it's a part of our dna to like want to do something right right but we're not incredibly good at doing the things to keep those things from happening in a way that's not self-serving because at the end of the day we are human as a part of our human condition right. how is going to serve me right. how is it going to help me um but i think in doing this work and navigating it to the best of my ability um one of the many lessons is that as much of a bleeding heart as you may have you've got to get ready to do the actual work Mm -hmm. the actual work the work that nobody wants to do the work that board members stay fighting to find ways not to do (laughs) like you've got to find a way and pony up to the reality of the work because that is how you get to do the sexy part that's how you get to do you know the work that's how you get to have the kids show up every morning and you get half food for them right 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 that's how you get to have the community show up right and know that it's a thing and know what's going on there's so much disinformation and lack of information because because you show up and you want to do the thing and you want to do the work and you got the paperwork and you took the the instagram picture hey y'all i started the business but any business owner will tell you there's some real stuff going on behind the scenes right for sure for sure and if you don't do it right there are lives in the balance. Yes, that's right. Do you have a mentor or a coach? I have had many okay. mentors. We love that. Um, I don't think I've, like, I don't know how formally you'd have okay. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, and not, I'm not even trying to say this to front right now. No, go ahead and but, drop names if you got names. Uh, Sharice is some, one of them. No, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, real talk. Don't um, say that. No, no, real, real talk, because, you know, I mean, you've been a part of this journey and watching for a minute, and you know, at a certain point, like, I wasn't really trying to, like, pay too much attention to, like, getting out there and, like, letting people know, nah, this is what we're doing. And, uh, wow, this is awkward. But I'm going to say it on your podcast, like, you were definitely one of the people that served in that um, mentor capacity of, like, if you're really trying to be about this paper, get your stuff right and go Bruh, out there and get you it. you about to make me cry. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Ain't nobody... Ain't, don't do that. No, but you know, like, in this work, a lot of people pat you on the back and say, hey, good job. Mm-hmm. And not a lot will be like, no, if you're really trying to be about this work and right. get this paper, like, let them, one, see your face mm-hmm. because people need to see your face. But two, know what your money like. Right. Yeah. We most definitely have had behind-the-scene con- kitchen talk conversations about the organization, about your own space, us checking in and just saying, hey, how you doing? Or no, nothing else, nothing, nothing, the listening, nothing, the poet, just like, how are you, Nick, the man doing and stuff like that. And you guys, me and Nick went to school together at Liberty. So we've known each other for a long time. Me, Brittany, and Nick. Damn, so we old now. You, you we old. are old. You know, when you start, like when you, you just had the epiphany at the very beginning of the podcast, you're like 10 years. Like, where is the time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. have been and the other that's the other part. We we've been doing the work for so long. Like and now you're getting your flowers. All right. So Nick also got the community leader award, oh, correct? That, oh, yes. Um, yes. Civic Civic Leader. The Civic Leader Award, um, awarded by the Lynchburg Business Magazine um this year. So congratulations on that, right? Shout out to um I think it was Ben ben klein who got gold okay um i received silver um stephanie andrews at ywca of central took home the bronze yes um and a few i think abe loper got one of the honorable mentions okay and i can't remember everybody else but shout out to everybody doing work in the community right um yeah there's been a lot of coaches and mentors along the way that have been a part 
um, not just in the listings growth, but just me understanding this landscape. Um, it's a very wild and wicked thing to suddenly have so many people's attention mm-hmm. and awareness. Right. And I would rather run from it, to be completely honest with you. I, That's I, understandable. For sure. I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't yeah. really need all the flash and flair. Somebody was saying, um, what if, you know, because the way the social media pushes us too, although we, you know, you kind of shy away from it, is um, I, I follow this man. It's called the Social Proof Podcast by David Chance. And he has another co-host, Danny Wiggins, Donnie Wiggins on it. And he was, po- and he posts like most, it's not controversial per se, but it's a, it's a, it's a thought process. So he posted, this has been a couple months ago. He was like, what if you never end up being a millionaire because social media always pushes you be six figures be the next millionaire breaking generational curses but what if it wasn't intended for you to be a millionaire like would that just revamp how you move in this world would you stop doing the things that you're doing showing up right because the reality situation is for me the statistics because you know i do the numbers 11 percent of people will be six-figure earners 11 yeah and and I don't think it's because the money's not there. I think it's really because we don't have the capacity to perform at that height of um, levels that we need to to or, in order to make that money, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't make a living wage, because honey, we know it. It don't cost that much to live in Lynchburg, right? So I mean, like, who said you don't need to, You don't. You do not have to make six figures in mm-hmm. Lynchburg. I think the median income here is maybe fifty five, sixty two thousand dollars. I mean, let's be clear. You can live very nice. Absolutely. Off of Absolutely, that, you can live in forest. <laughs> Asking, it's really a question of what your true purpose mm-hmm. is. Like, what do you actually really want? Not what you're uh, informed by, mm-hmm. but stepping... Be- like, one of our primary questions that we've had um, since the beginning is if you had a room full of people willing to listen to you, what would you say? Not what would you repeat, not what would you quote or anything mm-hmm. like that, but if people are actually giving you the, their time, what are you trying to say? So it's kind of that same question of, like, if you really had this massive amount of money that puts you in a completely different tax bracket mm-hmm. like what would you do with that what would you do with that on in your mind if you either knew you were going to get that or if you that wasn't even on the table like how right. would that alter right. what you do i don't think many people enter the nonprofit world looking to to make a killing right yeah that's not sure. that's not why we do this right. but if you remove that off the table the why becomes pretty evident right yeah i agree so we're gonna round this out. I low key want to start a new segment, and I don't know if we're gonna do that today. It's mm-hmm. like non questions, but, but let's say let's in, wrap this up though. What do you hope the listeners today on the um, Business After Dark podcast will take away from you being on the show today? What 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 are what if you had a mic? Oh my gosh! <laughs> what would you oh what would you say to the audience? Reduce, reuse, recycle. Uh, um, I would encourage people to pay attention to the people around them. Mm-hmm. To pay attention to the people around them. Um, I'd never intended to start a nonprofit. Really, there's things I'm learning about it now that are still eye opening, but that was never the intent. Um, for better or for worse, my intent was to find community like find my people my Mm. tribe you know like Cherie said like you said earlier um we're transplants in this area and not really sure where we belong and it's a beautiful thing when you find people that you can connect with that you feel safe with and that you trust it takes time to get there yeah absolutely it takes time to get there but i hope people are able to tap into those 
those things that ring true and like at least illuminate a true north. Okay, we appreciate that. And then after you do that, mm-hmm. reduce, reuse. Stop. <laughs> Done with you. Done with you. All right, so we're gonna end our segment with um, fire questions. I think I have four off the top of my head. So oh, whatever comes to the top. Oh lord. All right. I'm nervous. Especially, you should already have this question locked and loaded since you have children. What is your top Disney movie? My top Disney movie? Yeah. Aladdin, hands down. Wow, I love that. Hands with the, down. With the, with the Craig. What are you listening to currently? It could be a podcast, a TV show, whatever. Listen, I'm going to pull up my phone right now because... Actually, also, while he's looking for what he's looking for, the listening has its own um, Spotify playlist, yeah. playlist. So please look it up. I'll put it in show notes at least one so you can follow them. He's showing me Missy Elliott and Aaliyah um, the jumps... Up jumps Up the boogie. Up jumps the boogie. Let me tell you Look, I have had such a crush on Missy Elliott. I don't know if she's one of your listeners. Because I know you got a lot of moving. Yo, listen, with the Virginia, stand miss, up. Misdemeanor. Listen, let me tell you something, girl. If you ever, if you ever come by the George Femi Cartel. Bruh, you know, is I, Brittany giving you a pass? I mean, what are we talking I mean, about? We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Hmm. Hmm. No. Why not? Because of the exposure. Okay. It's not close. I, uh, it's not is close. That, I actually looked up the definition of what a sandwich is. And by definition, it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, okay, yeah, it's yeah, okay. Okay, because it's only exposed on the one side? Yeah, it got the meat all out. Pause. And it's just like... <laughs> Last question. We're going. Um, what is a book that people need to read in 2022? Um, a book that people need to read in 2020. I think young people need to read um, The Hate You Give. Okay. They made that a movie too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. seen the film yet, but the book um, is really good. And um, Finna by Nate Marshall. Okay. It's a collection of poetry that teases our um, understanding and acceptance of African-American vernacular English um, through verse. And he's a dope poet, and he's able to communicate a lot. Those of us who are melanated understand finna off rip. Right. But I love... I'm finna go to the stove. I'm I'm finna do this. I'm finna finna do do that. that. Yeah, Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Right after that, I would say um, Black Girl Come Home, which is Dang, I said one book, I know, but you you gave me the mic, and you messed (sighs) up. Um... Uh, Black Girl Come Home by Jasmine Mans, a.k.a. King Jasmine Mans, a.k.a. The Pride of Newark, New Jersey. Wow. <laughs> of course he had to pull somebody out of Newark. Okay. But now nah, she really did her thing with that. And as soon as my daughters are old enough, I want to walk with them through that collection of poetry because it is every bit powerful as it is poignant and relevant okay. um, in ways that is just beyond me. All right, we love it. All right, so you guys, I'm going to drop all of Nick's socials so that you can stay connected with him. Also, give you the link if you are ever filled in Dow to give a donation to the listening. It is a nonprofit. It takes financial increase for us to continue to run the programs to prepare 
even now before the summer comes for the next um, freedom school and all the things to pay staff and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I always encourage people to, you know, again, be intentional with their money and also show up for their community. And the best way to show up is giving monetary donations. Um, Nick, tell the people the the, um, way to stay connected with you. The best way to stay connected with the listening is by visiting our website. It is welcome to the listening.org. We're also on Instagram at welcome to the listening and Facebook, uh, I believe is at welcome to the listening as well, mm-hmm. um, for contacting myself, Nick George, the poet for any, um, consulting, any, um, any work of that nature, whether you need help with storytelling with your nonprofit or individually, um, you can reach me on my website, nickgeorgethepoet.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also on Instagram, nickgeorgethepoet, and Facebook. Um, as for my um, gigolo activities, that oh, website no, is no, no, closed. no, negative, <laughs> negative, negative. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is this is done. This is getting late, y'all. See, this is what happens when we record a podcast late. People start getting crazy. Okay. I hope that you guys. Um, I have two things for you guys. I'm rooting for your win, and I hope you have the best day ever.